So the tagline I created was we bring college level analysis to preschool level content. Um, and I just, I like that it kind of wraps up what we do. We just really nitpick and get into overanalyzing these, these movies that are made for kids and TV shows that are made for kids. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but today we're getting off the Bruce Springsteen train, though I'm sure he will come up because he normally does. And we are getting into one of my favorite, I'm talking to a fellow podcaster, uh, Bex, and Bex has such a unique podcast that I am thrilled to talk to her and those of you who are parents will go oh yeah that thing uh Bex welcome to the show thank you so much for having me yeah so uh tell us a little about yourself oh where to start oh now I feel like I'm in a job interview (laughs) yeah your elevator pitch yeah my elevator pitch um so just for the podcast then right um whatever you want Well, my husband and I started a podcast together because um, my son, who is three years old, he's going to be four in January, um, he likes to watch the same shows and TV uh, TV shows and movies over and over and over again. Um, And I found myself yelling at the TV. Um, We were like in the throes of the COVID quarantine. We, We hadn't seen other people in a really long time. And I guess I was going a little stir crazy. And I thought, you know, why don't we connect with the outside world and kind of vent some of our frustration by starting a podcast together. And so we bought a microphone and um, I was nine months pregnant at the time. So the first couple episodes are a little, uh, but uh, we just had so much fun with it. And, and it's just, and then I started these reviews and I don't know if you want me to talk about those, but it's just been, it's been an amazing adventure. I, um, so I realized that it's, you know, hard to get the word out there and yeah, sorry, you were going to say, no, I was going to say, um, what, what, what made you, I understand the reason why you're doing the podcast, but what came to your idea? Like I should do a podcast. Did, is it because you were a fan of other podcasts? Do you have a background in this kind of uh, work or uh, w- why did you think like, oh, we should do a podcast? Oh, um, I, uh, that is a good question. And I'm trying to think back to my logic because I am a big podcast listener. It definitely, like I, I have listened to so many podcasts in the past few years that they've kept me sane. Um, but like, I, I never thought like, oh, this is something I could do. You know, yeah. I'm not a, an audio person. I'm a writer actually at heart. You know, I'm an aspiring novelist and I had a blog going for a while. Um, and I think that I realized that the future of kind of like communicating, it, it's moving away from the blog format, at least on its own. Like, I mean, right. just having a blog and not having a YouTube channel connected to it or something like that. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't do a YouTube channel. Um, I don't have any of the equipment. So I thought, you know, podcast is a format nowadays that, you know, people get their word out and it's so many unique categories and subjects and things like that, as I have learned very recently um, and so I thought, you know, that's something we, we could tackle is, is just sitting and talking to one another. 
um, about it. And, and, and it also is good, a good medium for two people to really communicate um, as opposed to like one person just writing an article or something. It absolutely is. Um, so I'm going to get to your podcast then a little bit, but I always like to start with your origin story. So talk about where did you grow up? Um, and because this is a music podcast, what kind of music did your family listen to? Was it a musical family? Oh yeah. Um, well, um, I grew up, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Um, and spent most of my time in a little kind of suburb in Los Angeles called Chatsworth. Um, okay. most people haven't heard of it. Um, and I was, I, I have the fondest memories of driving the car and listening to Beatles albums. Um, my, you know, my favorite songs were, um, I, you know, I've never even thought of the title of it. Is it baby? You can drive my car. Is that like the sure, whole, yeah. I think so. Cause I liked the beep beep. Yeah. Part when I was little. Um, but yeah, so we listened to the Beatles when we weren't listening to the Lion King soundtrack in the car. Um, and a little, a little after that, when I was a little bit older, like a tween and like 13 years old, I got really into Shania Twain. Um, and then eventually like, you know, the usual things were that time period were no doubt and aqua which was i still love aqua um what else um you know i wasn't actually into like backstreet boys and nsync so much though they were like the big boy bands of the time and it was just like whatever i heard their music it was pop but yeah um and my tastes have changed over and over again in high school i got into kind of like the killers and um, the fray, Snow Patrol, mm -hmm. um, and now I'll just I'll, I'll listen to almost anything. You know, as, as long as it catches you know my attention. I think my favorite song, um, almost of all time, is "Sail" by AWOL Nation. It's such an okay. evocative song. What What is the era you were in high school? Uh, I was in high time, school. Time I frame. entered. Yeah, uh, I was entered. I entered two thousand four. Graduated two thousand eight. Okay. I always get my high school graduation confused with my college graduation, yes, which is absolutely. why I had to think. No, yeah. no, no. Um, so, because the reason why um, you mentioned the Lion King soundtrack, um, the first movie, my son is 31, mm -hmm. and the first movie we went to take him to a big person movie, right? Like we actually went to the theater, not a VHS, was, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it's my favorite um, you know, princess movie. Yes. And so um, he, you know, so we grew up, you know, watching business movies. And, and um, I was born in 59. So I grew up with a different kind of Disney movie. I, absolutely the animated, but all the, you know, that darn cat and, you know, Blackbeard's yes. ghost and all this, you know. <laughs> yeah, this, the really old ones. Yeah. Yes, the really old ones. Oh, I just called you really old. I'm sorry. No, it's true. I am. I am very old. <laughs> so you talked about your your very eclectic musical taste. Now, um, do you do you have favorite bands and musicians that you currently enjoy listening to? Oh yeah, I do. Um, I'm trying to like. It's just so it's so hard to pick just one. Like kind of an all-time favorite is the Foo Fighters. Okay. Um, you know, I got to see them live once. Absolutely amazing experience. Dave Grohl's a legend. Um, let's see. Uh, I also like listening to the Tallest Man on Earth. Um, he's a he's not a band, I suppose. He's a singer and uh, mm -hmm. and Pink. I love Pink's music. Um, my husband got me into kind of some more indie bands like Nickel Creek. Okay. Um, really love them. My husband is probably responsible for 
me hearing any like um you know off the pop charts music yeah. you know and and he's introduced me to so much and he comes from a very musical family my father-in-law is in a polka band okay um so um they have every instrument known to man and they can pluck out a tune just by ear and i'm tone deaf um, when uh, i sing when um yeah. when we were growing up uh when chris was growing up and they're still um active there was a um, here in the DFW area, Denton, Texas, specifically, there is a band called Brave Combo that did rock and roll polka. They've actually <laughs> been, they've actually won a couple of Grammys for best polka album. Um, and so we would go to see them when Chris was little and he, uh, he adored them. In fact, we would, um, we would go to festivals where there'd be tents. And during Christmas, when he saw a tent selling Christmas trees, he'd go, oh, brave combo. Um, <laughs> and he would say, you know, dad, it's always a good time to polka. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, that's so true. I mean, <laughs> yes, polka is. is appropriate at almost every occasion, except for probably a funeral. Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to lead this because um, I want to talk specifically about your podcast because as we talk about this, there is so much about listening to your podcast brought me back to raising Chris. And so, um, what is, tell everyone the name of your podcast and what you guys, your theme or what you're, what you're trying to do. Uh, sure. Yeah. So the podcast is called Not Again with an exclamation point at the end. And I tell people they found it when they see the two remotes covered in breakfast cereal. That's yes. her logo. I came up with the tagline for it. Um, like, I think we were six episodes in when it finally hit me. I wanted it to come about organically. And so I was trying some things out in the first few episodes. So the tagline I created was we bring college level analysis to preschool level content. Um, and I just, I like that it kind of wraps up what we do. We just really nitpick and get into overanalyzing these, these movies that are made for kids and TV shows that are made for kids. And they were never meant to be analyzed at all, let alone that closely. Like they're kids shows. Um, but because we've seen them so many times, um, we we notice little nitpicky details. We think about what lessons they're supposed to teach kids versus what lessons we actually feel like we're taking away from them. Um, and I wanted to make it like a 30 minute um, like Saturday morning, you know, Saturday morning cartoon. So we like, I wanted the episodes to be 30 minutes and they come out Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Right. Sometimes they get into like, you know, 45, 50 minute territory, but I try. Um, and, and we just like, we, we go with it and we, and we, you know, and we kind of, we kind of rag on these shows a bit too, but like, that's why I, recently I think we decided we had to do like at least one episode where we talk about shows we like, so we don't sound too negative. And there gets to be a little parenting in there. You know, our son is on the spectrum We're we're planning a couple episodes where we talk about how autism is treated in the entertainment industry, um, coming up because, you know, three almost four years ago, I, I never really would have taken a second glance at a character who is coded autistic. I wouldn't have thought too much about it. But now with my son being on the spectrum, I'm particularly sensitive to it. And I really think about like how people like my son are portrayed to um, the world and to the country. And um, it's just such an important topic to me. So we talk about that a little bit too. Yeah, um, it is a really, I've listened to a couple episodes and it is a fun blend of definitely tongue in cheek and also 
um, serious discussions about topics. Um, and the first thing I thought of is um, Chris went through a spell where um, the original Jurassic Park movie. So, oh, okay, everyone picks it. Yes. And yeah. at the end, where um, it's at the very end, and the T Rex comes and saves the day, mm -hmm. you know, and then the banner falls, kind of king of the things, mm -hmm. he would he would play that over and over and over again. That scene, not necessarily the whole movie, just that scene over again. And so we're looking like, okay, is this good? Like, you know, <laughs> like, like, like uh, yes, it's a dramatic ending, but, you know, the kid keeps watching this, you know, the T-Rex, you know, swallow this guy or the, you know, the raptors. The raptor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, or, is this good? And um, <laughs> we, you know, and, and, um, and the, your title is so perfect because when they're young, right, it's again, again, yes. again, 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 yep, again. And it was one of Warren's first words. Yes, again. Yeah. yeah. And um, like. I have to give uh, credit to my husband for that. I yes. was tossing around so many names. I was thinking mm -hmm. hardly wholesome, yes. you know, because like these shows are supposed to be wholesome, but if you like dig too deep, they're not, but my best friend said that sounded like a serial podcast. <laughs> um, and then, and then we were sitting on the couch one day and my husband, Alan, he just goes, what about not again? You know, or, or I don't even think he was being serious. He was just like, we should just call it not again, because that's our reaction to these shows. And I was like, that's it with an exclamation point um, to really drive it home. That's it done. You know, no well, more, no more brainstorming. And and I love that story. And um, legend has it. And as I promised, we will get a little bit of uh, Bruce in here. Um, <laughs> of course. Legend is that um, in the very early days, um, one of the band members, um, David, lived on E Street. And he was always late. And when they would come to pick him up, he would still like had not even gotten out of bed. And then he'd like <laughs> have to eat a bowl of cereal. And the legend is that um bruce said you know if we ever name this band we should name it the e street band because we spend all our gd time on the street <laughs> yep so the names are born that is or the names are born so that's true or not um have you given thought to why they love the repetition so much well that's something that i I, I don't have an answer for, but yes, I have given thought to it because in our first episode, we, when we're still kind of like trying to figure out how to podcast, yeah. um, we, we were, we were banding about this idea of like, is it because he's on the spectrum or is it a, ch a children's thing to do? And I remember my big brother, he watched the wizard of Oz on repeat when he was, I think two, mm -hmm. like just every day, sometimes multiple times per day. Yeah. And so I don't think it's exclusively, you know, he, Warren is my first kid. And so, and I don't have a lot of experience, uh, a lot of experience with small children. And so I don't know what a neurotypical kid will, will be doing. And so what is considered neurotypical or not? So I just like, he, he is my normal, if that makes yeah, sense. No, it to totally makes sense. And so I, I think that it's just a kid thing to it like the repetition kid. and I, I think that they are, they take that time to process it and, and when, and because they, they take enjoyment 
out of such simple things. They don't mind taking enjoyment out of the same thing over and over again. Um, and adults will do this too. I've played games that I've loved, like video games I've loved over and over again. I watch movies that I love when I need a pick-me-up. So I don't think it's exclusively children. I think they just do it to, um, to excess, we'll Yeah, say. I think so. Um, Mike, we talked a little bit uh, before we, uh, you know, through email that, you know, Chris adored Raffi. You know, and and Barney to a certain degree, that was, you know, his era, right? He was born in 89. So, you know, this is early 90s. And it would, uh, Barney just irritated us. <laughs> Baby, I don't think you were alone. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and the, we will not get into whose idea was to name one of the characters BJ. Oh my goodness. Right. Oh my like, God. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so, oh um, God. so we're, so someone recommended Raffi to us and we bought a couple of Raffi VHS and Raffi live and that thing wore out. I mean, back, it was just over and over again. You just, he'd watch it we'd rewind it he'd watch it again the concert over and over again he sang along he watched it and and you're just like okay um at least this isn't that irritating maybe <laughs> um and the same thing with you know movies you would get a new film and you know from my perspective as a dad you know it we're almost happy like oh good we got a new film because this will be for the next you know three weeks <laughs> we won't know it absolutely every moment right yep i know that moment yeah i know that feeling for sure and mm -hmm. uh, yeah i think they just take comfort in the repetition i think that's that has to be what it is it's familiar so. they like it and it just makes them feel safe and yeah you know kids what are you gonna do yeah so when um so when you're talk about how you guys decide what shows you're going to talk about and how much prep work do you go into of what are we going to say and how much are we going to, um, you know, analyze this? Um, so I think what I did when I came up with the idea for the podcast is I opened a new Google doc and I just started listing every show that came to mind that he had watched uh, a lot like shows and movies and then i kind of tried to order them about like which ones were either the most frequent or most recent because it's easier to talk about the ones we'd seen more recently sure. and then i didn't want to do um like too many movies in a row and i also unfortunately or i don't know i didn't want to become the uh the Pixar review podcast, but like, sure. unfortunately, that is almost all of the movies that he's loved oh, is Disney Pixar. And so we are going to kind of like, we, we've been we've had to push back, you know, talking about Wally -E and um, the Incredibles and you know, everything because, you know, we don't want to become the Disney Pixar podcast. Sure. Um, and then what I did was I decided because he because he was watching it, the idea came about when we were watching a show on Netflix called Go Go Corey Carson. And since I had the idea with that show, I decided to go episode by episode and um, take notes on my thoughts as they were, as it was playing, just one of the many times that he was watching it. Mm -hmm. And then I went through my notes with my husband and I told him this, I was completely honest with him after the first episode or two. I said, I'd never even considered 
uh, you being on the podcast. I thought it was going to be my cathartic podcast. And I was so glad that he was like, yeah, I'm in. Like he just kind of took the invitation and ran with it because me and him like bouncing ideas off of each other works really well. So I have the notes usually, and we kind of just like go through beats that we want to talk about and overanalyze. But we also, as you said, we just kind of freestyle a little bit too. Um, and, uh, and it depends on the show as well. Cause we have our segment, hopefully recurring segment called Alan guesses the plot where he tries to guess the plot of movies that I've seen and he hasn't. Um, and, and we had no notes for that one. So, uh, yeah. And then, and then sometimes stuff comes to a spur of the moment, like as we're recording, we realize like the best example I can give is there's a character on go, go Corey Carson, which is one of those many sentient car universes, um, who is a helicopter and her name is Hallie copter. Her last name is copter. And as I was saying it out loud, I was just saying like, Oh, I found out her last name isn't helicopter. It's copter. I realized that it was a pun. Yes. Hallie Copter. Like I hadn't known that up until the moment and I was recording at the time. And so you get to like in real time, hear me realize the terrible pun that they made this <laughs> character's name. Um, and so things like that just kind of like come to us and we we roll with it then too. So it's a little bit pre preparation, a little bit um, improv. And Alan never gets to see my notes ahead of time because okay. I want him to kind of have a more organic reaction to whatever we're talking about. Like I want him to go off of his memory and his gut. So he just gets the prompt from me. My, the next thing in my notes is this. Let's talk about it. And and he goes from there. Yeah. So because I'm, my son is um, 31, though I will tell you, um, after a few adult cocktails, and especially after the Cowboys lose a game, um, <laughs> he will replay the same um clip from wwe wrestling over and over and over again and linda and i will look at each other and like what what, what are you doing <laughs> like we, we do we really need to see stone cold austin say one more thing again and, and we do <laughs> i had not thought about that did you mention it's like it does it, it's like he's a little kid again yeah um, he's taking comfort from it yes it exactly right um the i do not know some of the shows you talked about so yeah. I, I've been selective, but um, Finding Nemo, your epic, was it a trilogy or was it no, just we, a double feature? We kept feature? it to two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. we, we figured people would be like, come on, don't do three. So we kept <laughs> it to two long episodes about Nemo. Yes. Um, so much discussion uh, that I found interesting, right? Like, um, I'm glad. What? That's, I'm the, really glad the, to hear that. Yeah. Okay. So the little girl, like, she's supposed to be eight, but she's not acting like she's eight. So why did they make her eight? And yep. I mean, you and I really enjoyed that discussion because um, it was you. I thought you brought up a lot of good points. Like, well, I wouldn't think they were trying to say that you know she's on the spectrum because they would have brought that up but why did they specifically give that age and then have her act like a three or four year old yeah it, it makes you wonder if any of the creators of the show had met an eight-year-old um, yeah. you know and and as their target audience you know eight-year-olds should have been watching finding nemo why were they painting her as a psychotic villain um, yes it, it didn't make sense to us at all you know it's it's kind of the um we used to joke of, and, and especially um, with 
um, you know, will say, have you never watched the show? Like with, with, <laughs> with quote unquote reality shows, you'll say, have, have you never watched the show? I mean, you, you, what you're doing is exactly what you know won't work. And so have you never watched what this is? Um, and, and it is, um, Pixar is absolutely brilliant at what they do. And, uh, but you do see that whole, and I loved your discussion about the young man and up, right? Like he was a really well, a, a well-drawn, pardon the pun, character, right? <laughs> yeah. He was smart. He, he had a thing. He was, he was not like a, not an adult in a child body. He still came across as a child, but he was very realistic. Yes. And about the same age as Darla from Fighting Nemo, more yeah. or less. Like he yeah. might've been 10, but, but, yeah. but portrayed much more realistically to the age that a child would be mm -hmm. in real life. So yeah. it was very confusing for us. Yeah. So have you gotten any feedback yet from listeners? Um, not yet. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I mean, um, I, I went into this knowing that the podcast would definitely be cathartic for myself and my husband. And we had to accept that it was possible that no one else would ever listen. You know, you have to hope for the best and prepare for the worst, basically. Absolutely. Um, and, and so I, I'm only just now noticing that I think pe people are listening. Like I see downloads and stuff and like nobody is tweeted at our podcast account um but like at not again pod to plug it i guess um but like i i feel like people are hearing it um and and that's that's just like a compliment you know to hear you say that you liked listening to it you know mm -hmm. that's enough like that was all we ever wanted was like one person to hear it yeah i mean that's what led me to my podcast review thing was just like acknowledging like i hear you you put something out into the universe and the universe is going to respond even if it's just me yeah um and that's by the way i i have the same feeling um i've been doing this um over five years um last time i checked i've done 600 episodes of this this podcast and not not all of them full episodes i've done you know small little thought of the day podcast but you know when I look at this and you know the amount of feedback I get is just minuscule um, every once in a while someone will tweet and go like hey this was a good episode you know and um, but it is and in you I'm thrilled that people download the podcast and I'm thrilled that they seem to enjoy it but you do sometimes wish um, that you would get a little more just Hey, when I say you can email me at setlistenproofs at gmail.com, it is okay to go, hey, it was fun talking to Bex or that, oh, I really like that you talked to this person. So um, I, I feel you. But you have taken your fandom on podcast and kind of brought it to another level. So first off, why Potato Lady? And tell me what's, why you started, what, what was your thought process of doing this? And explain a little bit what you're doing. Okay, so this gets a little, a little complicated. Um, I, I love me. complication. And if I'm asking you something I shouldn't ask, we can edit this out. Oh, no, it's, it's okay. totally fine. I mean, you might have to edit out me clearing my throat. But okay. um, so I, uh, I never really got into Twitter. Um, I'm, I was on Facebook, you know, from uh, like college on and like that was enough for me, basically, I used it to like stay in touch with my family and friends. 
and that was it. But I created a Twitter account and I don't even remember why, like Twitter tells me I created an account in like 2016 or something. Um, and I had no followers and I just like, I actually call like I renamed myself, like not my handle, but my Twitter name to screaming mm. into the void because okay. I used Twitter, uh, recently. Um, I don't know how political we can get, but I've been angry about some things that have been going on in this country. And I used Twitter as almost like my void to just scream into, to like just tweet out things that made me angry, knowing that nobody would ever see it. I was kind of like happy about that. It, it felt safe and anonymous. Um, so, but when, yeah. Hang on, I like, so, okay, listeners, I know you guys aren't worried about this, but if you are, um, skip ahead three or four minutes. Um, absolutely, it is, um, I was just talking to my wife before we got on the podcast that, you know, as we're recording this, it's uh, December 22nd. This will probably come out in January, right? And they're seeing GOP leaders that didn't wear a mask, didn't want to support, this was a hoax, getting vaccines. And yeah. I'm just like, and then the whole, don't even get me started on the hypocrisy of, oh, Merrick Garland, it's too close to the election. We can't even have, you know, we can't even have a talk about him to, oh, yes, now then we've got to get this in. And I, the, and I think this is one of the things that's always bothered me, Beck, is, is, is the blatant hypocrisy. And uh, so, yes, I use Twitter a lot to promote the podcast, to certainly hear about bands and TV shows I love, but I do a lot to rant, um, you know, against my two senators. They're from Texas. Both of them, you know, I, 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 I called their office and left messages and emailed saying, this is wrong. This, you guys, the hypocrisy of, of Judge Barrett going this quickly, regardless of whether I agree with her policy procedure policies or not, just the hypocrisy. And I got a nice email back saying, thank you for your feedback. You know, she <laughs> had a long, glorious history. And I mean, they totally ignore what I said. Yeah. So for sure. I, I hear, kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I grew up in Los Angeles. I live in North Dakota now. Mm -hmm. um, and it was such a, 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 almost like a culture shock for me to live in a red state for the first time. Um, yes. But I'm just thankful right now that we don't live in South Dakota, where the governor is out of her mind. Um, so I, I, I just had a guy on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago, and um, he he lives in Alabama, but he grew up in Jersey. Oh. And he okay. says, oh, I am very much a blueberry in a very red thing. He says, hey, my congressman is um, Mo whoever that's like saying that the government should be overthrown like oh my goodness he goes yeah so i i feel your pain on twitter and i totally understand that uh you just need to scream against the void sometimes just the effing unfairness of it yeah it was really therapeutic i was using it for yeah. that and then when we started the podcast i realized i have to actually like use this now like i have to be active on yeah. social media um and so i started out very slowly tweeting i didn't want to just like pop up out of nowhere but i was like feeling for like the platform and what was okay you know to interact with and what wasn't okay what was welcome and um and i was playing around with you know my name um which i changed to potato lady um shortly after i 
started doing my podcast review. So I should say that first. So as we were getting the podcast started, I realized that it it is just frustrating to know that you have a product you want people to hear and 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 also know that you really have no platform to get the word out you know that you have to build it from the ground up and how do you even do that and it was frustrating and disheartening and i realized a lot of people must be feeling this way like i know that a ton of people have podcasts so they must be feeling like me just kind of like how do i get seen and so I, I tweeted and the, and the very first thing I said in the very first call for submissions, I said, nobody will see this probably. Um, and it wasn't like self-deprecation. It was just that I had, I think at the time, 12 Twitter followers and all of them were my friends and family, like no one right. who was a stranger. And so I said, no one will see this, but you know, here's the thing. I'm starting a podcast. I know that it's tough. So if you reply to this tweet with a link to your podcast, I will listen, I will subscribe and I'll review it on Twitter. And I got some responses and I thought, oh, well, that's okay. You know, three, three responses. I can do this. And it was so fun. They were such great podcasts. And, um, I started out with just like scribbling some notes on the top piece of a notebook paper. Um, and then I, I must've started tweeting them out and saying like, this is great. You can keep sending me recommendations. I like this. And more and more people responded and, and more and more people started following me. Um, and, and, and retweeting the things that I said and retweeting the reviews and thanking me. And then the list got longer and longer. I think I have like 40 on the list right now that I have to review. Like that's not the total, that's what's coming up. And, um, it was just amazing. But before that, right when I was starting the reviews, um, I had, it was Hanukkah. And I was having a conversation with my best friend about potatoes, um, because uh, for those who don't know, a traditional food for Hanukkah is the latka, which is made from potatoes. Please don't call it a potato pancake. That sounds gross. Um, it's like hash browns, but with egg and flour fried in olive oil uh, to make like a patty. And it's crispy and good and yummy and you eat it with sour cream. But she was asking me about what the best potato was for a latka. And I was kind of extolling the virtues of big old brown russet potatoes versus golden potatoes and what they could be used for. And at the end of the conversation, she kind of joked jokingly said, thank you, potato lady. And, um, and I was like, Oh, that's so funny. I'm going to make that my Twitter name or whatever. And I made it my Twitter name. And then a couple days later, I realized potato lady podcast reviews kind of has a, a ring to it because of the alliteration. It does. Yes. And so I didn't change uh, It was the last time I changed my Twitter name. I just added the podcast reviews to it. Um, and it became potato lady podcast reviews. And then I drew a potato <laughs> to be my logo and had my mom fix it up for me. Um, and and that and that was it. And and you'd be surprised. You're only one of like three people who's asked me about the name. Everyone else just accepted it immediately. They make jokes about it, which I love. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I love that they. I just turned whole into the potato theme. Like my Patreon is entirely potato themed. <laughs> um, and it's it's been so fun. And and I feel like I've discovered kind of a need that is out there. Um, and and I'm happy to fulfill it. So the reason that's how we found each other is. Um, you know, kind of uh, the podcast we do for fun is um, my buddy uh, Bob and Junior and Gary and I all worked together for years. And then we've stayed friends, even though we no longer work for the same company. And then Scott was a friend of theirs um, that because of a sports station, the ticket we talked about. And so we talked about doing a podcast and we said 
how many, right? And we, we came up with the concept because that would what we would, we would have this conversation if even if we weren't podcasting. And so you were nice enough to listen to a couple episodes and wrote a lovely, I, I dare I say, glowing review about our podcast. And we were all shocked. You know, like Gary Jr.'s like, hey, look what we got. And Gary's like, you're kidding. And Scott's like, oh, I can't believe. And then Bob, who's has kind of branched off and doing some other podcasts as well. Man, I can't believe. I'm like, I'm going to see if she wants to join us. So first off, thank you for the nice words about how many. Oh, it's no problem at all. I I feel like positivity is the key here because, you know, when, when a creator is daring enough to, like I said, just like put something out there, you're putting yourself out there and it's, and it's very, it's a vulnerable position to be in. I only focus on the positives. Um, and you know, I, I make sure that they're genuine. Like I don't just make stuff up, but like if there's an audio issue or if, you know, like there was a part that should have been cut out, but wasn't, I'm not going to like nitpick about that. That's not my, my goal. My goal is to put it out there and say, Hey, this is what you can expect if you listen to it. And, you know, and if someone listens to it and doesn't like it, then that's their decision later. Like that's not for me to decide for them. And so it's all positivity. Um, later down the road, who knows, maybe I'll do like more in-depth articles on like a blog or something like that, where I do kind of get into what works and what doesn't, mm-hmm. but I don't want anybody to regret asking me to, to you know, help boost them up um, at all. So one of the cute things is, um, and this, I will be mocked forever, is you said, I sound a little like Pat Oswald, <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, so the guys are like, you kind of do sometimes. I'm like, really? I hadn't thought about it. So uh, thank you. We appreciate that a lot. How do you pick which ones you're going to listen to? And how do you, what's your process of, of you know, kind of reviewing them? Well, um, as soon as I started getting requests, I mean, like immediately, uh, with the, that first tweet that I said, like, nobody's going to see this. Mm-hmm. I opened up you know, the notes app on my phone mm-hmm. and I just started writing the titles down because I am very scatterbrained and I will forget. I need, I need to force myself to be organized or I will not be. Um, and so I have that same list. It hasn't changed at all, actually. So those three podcasters who requested reviews at the very beginning are still at the top of that list. They just have a check mark next to them. And so what I did was at first I said, like, send me the episodes you want me to listen to specifically, but people usually didn't. And then I also forgot if they did, like I forgot because I didn't make a note of it or something like that. Um, and so usually what I do is if it's just kind of a, a podcast, that's like, um, kind of, uh, same formula, I would say I will listen to the most recent episode. Um, if I, if I feel like I need a little more context, like I did with yours, I'll listen to the first episode as well. I did that for a couple others. Um, and then I will do a review kind of specifically about that episode, but about qualities that I think would probably be a, you know, apparent in all of the episodes. Um, and then as soon as I've done that, even, even if I haven't posted the review on Twitter yet, I will, because I'll forget again, um, I will go on usually Apple podcasts cause everyone's on there and I will post a five-star review and a little like snippet of, you know, basically the gist of what I got and what mm-hmm. will go up on Twitter. Um, and then I, as soon as the Twitter review is done and the pod, the Apple podcast review is done, I put a check mark emoji next to that podcast name. So I know I'm done with theirs. Um, and, uh, 
and I make sure to post my notes because I decided that that would kind of be my calling card. Yeah. Um, you know, I did it. I, I want people, I, I know Twitter has that character limit and also people aren't going to read a 20 tweet thread about right. anything, let alone, you know, so I decided what I'll do is I'll do, I'll highlight the best parts and then I'll put the notes at the bottom so that people can see everything that I thought, even if it didn't make it into the official Twitter review. Um, and then I doodle to keep myself focused. And so the doodles are just kind of so that I can, you know, have something to do with my hands while I'm listening. Is there any that's really surprised you that how much you liked and not, not to pick favorites, but were there podcasts that you've kind of stumbled and like, wow, this is really something cool. I would say there's, there's quite a few. Okay. Um, I mean, first of all, the, the, the very first one I did, I, I, I actually just offered to do um, a re-review for them because they kind of got shortchanged because everyone else is getting these beautiful like notes pages yeah. um, and, and, and they got the top ninth of a piece of notebook paper. Okay. So I said, let me do, let me do it proper for you guys. Cause you were my very first and, and it was so nice of you, but they're also a good podcaster. I wouldn't have offered, yeah. um, but so that one's called on their way and they do an interview style show. Jade's the host. She's great. Um, where, where she kind of just talks to people who are way more successful than I am, despite being younger than me or perhaps because they're younger than me. Um, mm -hmm. And they still have, you know, the world that they're, you know, is their oyster um, and they're up and coming. They're on their way. They're, you know, rising up in a certain oh, okay. industry and they've, they've carved out a niche for themselves. And she just asks them how they got there and asks them about their passions. And that's really good. I love time for your hobby. That one's coming out soon. The review, I mean, um, Satan is my superhero was a really fun one. Um, I, I was like, I don't know about this. I mean, well, is it like death metal? Like, what is, yeah, well, yeah. You know, Satan is my superhero. I mean, I like edgy, so I'm cool with that, but I didn't know. And yeah. then it turned out it was just such a fun podcast, literally focusing on where Satan appears in pop culture and history and literature and, and just doing that. And I loved it. It was really great. That sounds cool. That sounds very cool. So for the reviews and your podcast, what are your... What's, what are you shooting for for the future? Do you have a plan? I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make one. I, I tweeted out recently that um, I just like, I was overwhelmed by the response that I got. Mm -hmm. Like, I never considered that this could, I certainly wasn't doing it to gain fame and followers and glory. I just, I wanted to help out a few people. You know, I wanted to make them feel heard and seen. And so... I, I'm, I'm stumbling through it. Like I don't have a businessy mind. I have, a, I have some very smart friends and relatives who are helping me make good decisions mostly. Um, so I'm trying to kind of, in order to like, just be manageable. Cause I, I have a full-time job and two small children. I've decided to kind of combine the like support systems, uh, financial support systems for both the podcast and the reviews. So for instance, our Patreon, if you just like the podcast, you do the lowest level, you become an official potato. Um, and you can do the $3 a month tier and you, you get like early access to the episodes and early access to my notes, um, okay. for the reviews, but the higher tiers are specifically for podcasters, um, where I will do multiple reviews or I will, um, shout you out on my podcast or stuff like that. Things that like podcasters can seek out. And we also have that Kofi account where it's just like, you can leave a tip if you, if you like the review and people have done that. And it's, it's so validating to see that somebody thought that my work was worth money. Yeah, um, exactly. And so, yeah. And so, and then I'm just working on a merch store because I love the logo my mom made. And I think that I would love a shirt that had it on, on it. So I, um, I'm, start, I'm working on merch and then I don't know, like, 
I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how to how to make this into a career of sorts without like people feeling like I'm taking advantage of them, I guess, because I just, I did offer. So it was like yeah. forcing them to pay is not, you know, sure. so I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of feeling it out okay. you know, a little bit at a time. Um, and, um, I, I am so excited that I know what's coming up and my listeners don't, but before I get to the Mary question, um, mm-hmm. I want to go back to music for a little bit. Um, what are you guys, you've got two young ones. Um, what kind of music are, are you trying to influence their music? Are you like, you know, Chris grew up hearing the Beach Boys. He here, you know, we talked about Brave Combo. Um, I did not listen to a lot of Bruce Springsteen when he was younger. I became obsessed with Bruce when he was much older. So talk to me as a parent what what are you doing music wise with the little ones? Um, so the the littlest one who uh, is uh, often our mini host on the podcast, he's because yes. he's a baby. Um, we're we're not really trying to push him into any particular tastes at the moment. Um, okay, he mostly like chew, likes chewing on his fists and you know, <laughs> yes. and when I make popping noises with my mouth, so that's good for him. Um, and the older one is, we'll say, precocious and. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am, I'm thinking that this kid is never going like, to let me make a single decision for him okay. ever in, in my life with him. And, and, it, and it's, I totally deserve it because I was okay. the most stubborn child. Um, I was the youngest of three and I, I know that I was a headache for my mother often. And so, and so he's just, he, he knows what he wants and how he wants it and he's going to do it himself and no, I can't help. Um, so n- not really adjusting his musical tastes at all yet but we will i do i do look forward to a time when i can share those kinds of interests with my kids to just be like this is you know listen to this song or or you know the kind of be like do the beatles thing that my my parents did with me you know putting putting something on in the car for them um he hears a lot of podcasts yeah um he he does i play those in the car rides with him and i i think that he finds it soothing to hear you know, people just talking, you know, in the back. Sure, sure. Time. Absolutely. That's great. Um, I will, uh, I will send you a couple links to episodes that you may like, um, specifically as a parent to a parent. Um, and also remind me when we finish recording, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about some music. Um, okay. So I, I have to share this. Um, well, first off, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't. Oh, um, no, I, I, I think that that was pretty well-rounded. I'll okay. say this. I, I, um, you said something that I want to touch on a while back, which is okay. that you don't know some of the shows that we talk about on the podcast. Yeah. And that is totally up to you what you listen to, obviously. I just wanted to note that like, we were aware that people would not have necessarily seen everything that we had seen. Um, and so we say, we say it in our trailer, but like, basically the idea was that we're really pushing to make it so that somebody who has no knowledge of the show or movie whatsoever can still kind of get the gist of what's going on because we have seen it so many times that we kind of go through the plot, but I don't know how successful we were at that. So we'll, we'll work on that a little bit, but we also have some coming up that like people will definitely have seen. Well, and Beck, the reason why is I, I, I wanted to get a couple of episodes in before I had you as a guest. So I was like, so I I specifically picked that. Um, It, there is a beauty um, 
y'all have a very good relationship. Y'all banter really fun. It is, it is, I enjoy listening to y'all talk and share. I also, um, <laughs> the, and I, and I don't want to quote you incorrectly. So this is in general terms, right? Um, I'm doing the best I can raising my kid. If you don't like what I'm doing, just stay quiet because I'm doing the best I can, right? Uh, and and I love that because um, when Chris was in kindergarten, um, his best friend was Jeffrey. And so I had asked Jeffrey's mom, I said, hey, we're gonna go see Batman and Robin, the new Batman movie. Mm -hmm. Can Jeffrey come with us? Chris wants him to go, well, that's a PG-13 movie, and we don't let Jeffrey see that. And I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. So my wife, Linda's like, were, were you offended? I'm like, no, that's her choice, you know. Um, but if she <laughs> yeah. had told me I shouldn't take my kid to see the new Batman movie, that would be a different discussion, right? <laughs> So yeah, no, in, in our, in our very first, I think our first episode that we got a little belligerent about it because we were like, please, please, please do not give us parenting advice because we had received some, and I call it unsolicited parenting advice. Right. And I mean, like if any of your listeners want to tweet at uh, not again pod with their unsolicited parenting advice, I'd love to hear it. Like, I want to make sure I'm not the only one in this boat who has had somebody else kind of, um, just decide that, that they are somebody who can, you know, make decisions for my kids, you know, and, yeah. and I know it comes from a good place. Usually like they're just trying to help out, but it feels so like encroaching on me. Um, so yeah. Well, um, it's, it's one thing back. If I say, look, um, I'm struggling. The, the boy, um, doesn't want to stay in his bed. Like, you know, he crawls in, he brings a, a cover and he gets on the foot of our bed and sleeps. And we we're like, no, 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 you got to go back to your bed. And then the moment we go, he puts there. And then if we make him, he cries and it's two in the morning. And we're like, what are we going to do? Um, anyone got any magic solutions? It's one thing if I ask for help and advice. Exactly. But the yeah. other thing, well, you know, it's really not healthy having your son watch that much TV. Well, you know what? F you. <laughs> okay. I, I know what my kid is and I know what I can do. Right. So I, I totally agree with that. Anyway, I just wanted to, um, I love that discussion. And, and I didn't think it was belligerent at all. I thought it had um, enough of a little bit of, I'm going to use the word sassiness, like, okay, you know, hey, come on, guys, let's just move on. Okay. Yeah, thank you. I wasn't trying to pressure you into listening to more of our pod, by the way. No, I no, just no. I know you weren't. No, no. I'm yeah. glad you did. I'm no, glad you listened to any of it. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. I thought, <laughs> I thought, like, not to toot my own horn, but like, I thought the Finding Nemo episodes were really good. Like, those are some of my favorites that we've done. Um, so I'm well, glad, yeah, that, I'm and, glad and, that you like them. Right. You and you bring up the fact, like, okay, they went on this current, like. But the current doesn't go the other way. So how did yeah, they, get they get back home. to where they get? Yeah, how did they get home? Yep. Right. Yep. And, and the whole um, and then the whole thing we're going to name them, you know, the only you know like we're going to name half of them this name and half of them the other name, and it's like, uh, and then they all die. It's like, well, maybe you should be a little overprotective because all your kids died, all your young guppies died, or whatever. Yeah. So. Exactly. 
mm-hmm. had very good reason to be overprotective and scared. Like yes. he, he had been through a trauma. So yes, absolutely. And, and fish get eaten. It happens. Yes, yes, they do. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, and I did love your question about how many uh, fish get flushed down the toilet because hey let's make them free oh my husband says that happened yeah i can imagine for sure like he said i don't know he read about it or something that there was just kind of a spate of kids who uh who took fishy to be free and uh and put them down the toilet um which like okay not the biggest loss in the world but i i do i i mean like animal lovers will hate me for being so flippant about it but i found it very funny well and it's like also like (laughs) How many times have they given her a goldfish, right? Like in the, yes. she's a fish killer. She's a fish killer. So yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. I, I I appreciate that tangent. All right. So, um, if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, because you are a not again podcast fan and you're like oh i want to hear back in a different environment um i end every podcast with the mary question and what the mary question is this is my version of um inside the actor's studio where he you know he says what is your you know favorite curse word and what you know the the things he would ask um jay armstrong is an honors english teacher in the philadelphia area and jay every year takes two days and they take the song Thunder Road uh, by Bruce Springsteen and they read it as a poem. They com- they look at the imagery, they look at the um, wording, they, they compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken, and they break it down analyzing it. And at the end of the two days, um, Jay asks the question, do you think Mary gets in the car? And so that's what I end every podcast with. And you sent a lovely tweet to me <laughs> going, okay, overanalyzing is kind of my thing. Are you sure you want me to go down this path? And I am not quoting you. And I said, go for it. So, Beck, your question is, does Mary get in the car? Right. Well, so yeah, I just, I wanted to know, um, and it makes sense to me. I did listen to your talk. You sent me uh, one of the episodes with Jay Armstrong and I listened to it and I was like, oh, I know why he wanted me to listen to this. It is a very English teacher question. Um, For instance, I do uh, an entire class period comparing uh, the songs Last Friday Night by Katy Perry with Chandelier by Sia. Um, Musical analysis is so important. But yeah, I, um, I just took the lyrics and I listened to the song first. I, you, you sent the lyrics video. So I, I read the lyrics as I listened, but I was just listening. Um, and then I took the lyrics and I put them into my iPad notebook and I annotated them like a poem. And the answer gets a little complicated. So um, I don't know how much time I've got for this, but I'll you try have to just kind of... all the time you want. Just <laughs> all right. Dress me. I, I, I mean, I almost want you just to read bleeping the appropriate words your notes because I love I got to tell you I'm going to pull back the heart I have three or four of my council of like regular listeners I sent your notes like this is coming up she's going to be this is going to be great so um I I, so yes take as long as you want okay all right so um the first thing that I I, I'm going to bring the tone of the song into it in a second but the first thing that I noticed is that the very first bit of imagery we get of Mary um is spectral so she's like a vision she dances across the porch it feels like she's already a ghost or a memory in this guy's mind so the speaker it it immediately paints for me this idea that he this might this whole song might not even be happening it's either a fantasy or a memory or 
it is happening, but he's already picturing her as a ghost because, spoiler alert, he is definitely going to kill this woman if she gets in the car. Um, more on that later. Um, so it, it, it's a very interesting piece of imagery to start out with, that she's like a vision, um, almost like she's not real. Um, and so she's probably held up to him as some kind of like impossible standard for, for a woman that like no actual human being could ever um, live up to. So that's the first thing I noticed. Um, and then uh, he says, uh, hey, wait, like I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I shouldn't. He says, don't turn me home again, uh, again, meaning that this has happened multiple times. I just can't face myself alone again. Right off the bat, we get the speaker is incredibly desperate. And I what Jay, uh, I shouldn't say Jay, like I know him, like Mr. Armstrong, Jay Armstrong no, says. Jay is fine. Jay is fine. OK, what Jay says is that this is a very paradoxical singer and it, it's absolutely true so this the the tone that you get in the song is confident it's carefree it's devil may care um it's like hey you know let's go do this i'm casual i i don't i don't worry about a thing but the words are a guy desperately begging somebody to go with him and we will get back to that later but he's clearly desperate please please don't turn me away again i can't be alone again i can't face it right maybe even uh, suicidal. I can't face myself alone again. That will also come back later. So then he says, don't run back inside. You know just what I'm here for. Don't run back inside means she's hesitant. Like he's noticing that she is going to run back inside or he wouldn't have said that. So um, I got hesitant or even scared. And then you know just what I'm here for definitely sounds like a threat. You know what I'm here for. Like if somebody knocked on my door and said, you know what I'm here for, I wouldn't be like, oh, he loves me. Um, it, it sounds like a threat. And then very next line, so you're scared. He's acknowledging she's scared. I called it, she's scared. Um, uh, so this is um, not jumping off into a great relationship. Um, and then he says, you ate a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Like F you, dude. Like what, like you're trying to convince this woman to go with you. Clearly an ex or a, a repeated ex will say, or somebody that you definitely fantasize about. And then you're calling her ugly. Not the best strategy, if I might say. Um, I feel like, you know, you could not say that. Um, so I skipped I, down I, a little I'm bit. I'm going to yeah. interrupt you just a little bit. Sure. Um, it is the reason why Linda, my wife, cannot stand Thunder Road. She's like, he calls her ugly. I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, then he says, um, you know, hey, you know, I'm no hero. That's understood. He's also um, so um, absolutely. When you read that, I, I smiled. When I read that, I smiled broadly. So please continue. Well, I think that I think that from a female perspective, that's that line's going to come across differently than from a, a male perspective, because from a, a male, what, what it's supposed to sound like is, is the confidence that he is exuding in the tone of the song, the way he sings it. Um, but if you take it at face value as somebody who believes that this man is trying to woo her, um, it is quite uh, harsh and abrupt. Um, but yeah, so then I. Um, I, uh, I skipped down a little bit because, you know, I was running out of room for my notes mostly. Um, but uh, I highlighted the line, hey, what else can we do now? Um, because I, I just feel like at this point he's pleading. At this point, we have to remember that she is still on the porch. She has not gotten any closer to him because he says later that he would like her to take the walk from her, uh, from her porch to his car, which means she hasn't done it yet. So she's still on the porch. He's been pleading with her for a while. She still hasn't moved. And so now he's starting to really get more desperate. Hey, what else can we do? Like, come on, what else are you going to do? Um, and then we have a series of incredibly violent uh, pieces of imagery. The night's busting open. We got one last chance. Heaven's waiting on down the tracks. 
and uh, lying out there like a killer. Thunder Road lying out there like a killer. Um, and even jumping down a little bit past my pink note there, the door's open, but the ride ain't free. So we got violent, threatening imagery. It's very ominous. And uh, right before the door's open, but the ride ain't free, he says, take that long walk from your front porch to my seat. So it reaffirms her fear because he's calling it a long walk. First of all, she's still on the porch. So she would have gotten closer to him if she felt comfortable around him. She might already have been at the car, giggling along, um, you know, twirling her hair, whatever. I'm being sexist and stereotyping now, but you know what I mean. But in fact, she's still, yeah, she's still on the porch, which means that she's still, that, that speaks volumes. Um, she's still hesitant. She's still scared. She isn't in the house yet, which we have to get to later because he says from the porch. So she, so she hasn't left yet or he wouldn't still be talking, but she also isn't with him. Um, right. and, uh, and so then you get, uh, he says, I know you're lonely for words that I ain't spoken, which of course is probably, I love you. Um, but then he, I, he, he and doesn't say it still. So like, that's right. not an apology, dude. That's an evasion. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, and then there were ghosts in the eyes of all the boys you sent away. So this is starting to hint at with the fact that she hasn't slammed the door in his face, a possible codependent relationship where they are. It's not a healthy relationship, but they are unfortunately kind of dependent on one another and they can't seem to escape this cycle Um, because if if he if he's to be believed, he's kind of painted as an unreliable narrator. But if he's to be believed, she's turned away other suitors, um, which means that it, it speaks to the fact that she's not comfortable with anyone else either um possibly she is also kind of pining for this relationship um despite the fact that she knows that it's not good for her um and so um he says you know they're screaming your name at night in the street and uh, your graduation gown lies in rags at their feet right back to that violent imagery seems like all men are violent about this woman again if speakers to be believed um but yeah so apparently she has turned them down um and and it wasn't a mutual breakup which means that it was her if they're screaming her name and angry it means it was her choice again pushing other men away um because she wants to be with the speaker despite the fact that maybe she knows she shouldn't be um and then finally uh you know uh and by finally i mean not finally at all i've got more stuff to say but finally in the song uh he says it's a town full of losers i'm pulling out of here to win like just once again like f you dude like what is it's a town full of losers like you might as well be saying like i'm cool like you know my mom thinks i'm cool um i don't think so um and so my answer is i hope she didn't get in the car because he is definitely going to do a murder suicide sort of thing like he he's they are not going to survive this night if she does um but if she is trapped in a codependent relationship with him where she can't seem to say no to him despite the fact that her instincts are driving her away um then she did get in the car almost like as a compulsion like psychologically speaking she she couldn't help herself um and uh so i wrote i hope she slammed the door in his face I think she probably got in the car um, just as a result of compulsion that she really couldn't escape this relationship. And um, as he pointed out by saying, you know, don't turn me home again, neither can he. He's back again to desperately plead with her um, and 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 try again. They can't escape one another. But I think that the fact that he says that it's, you know, they got one last chance and heaven's waiting. I think that he's done, you know, dancing this dance with her. I think he's ready to end it all, um, you know, end his pain. Is that that? Uh, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed reading this and hearing you say this. Um, This is considered one of Bruce's greatest songs. Um, And this is 
um, by far the idea and and you know Jay talked about that right the idea in his mind the imagery is she's trapped and you have to make a decision whether you're going to move forward or stay where you are um, Linda thinks my wife thinks it's two people settling that um, that hey you're not a beauty but you're all right hey I'm no hero you know you haven't found anyone better I haven't found anyone better why don't we just try to settle um, and I love the idea that you take this uh, what many would call you know one of Bruce's most romantic songs <laughs> and made it into a murder mystery and hey, I, I just, just I love just, this, this is what I see yes yeah, I know no. I think that is amazing and so I absolutely well agree with your wife too I mean like it's it's it, it has that feel of that kind of um if neither of us is married by the time we're such and such age let's get married to each other sort of like yes. settling feel to it so I agree with that as well that's nice yeah that's good had you known the song before no had you heard the song no no it was uh, new to me. Um, I listening to your talk with Jay. I did realize I do know at least one Bruce Springsteen song because I do know "Born in the USA." Is that it? Yes. I do know that one. I have heard okay. it in my life, and okay. I absolutely loved his analysis of it. And um, and so and I fully agree with it, a hundred percent. And I can see why he does a, a unit on on these songs. I I think yeah. that, and I can see why people are passionate about them. But so this so the first time when you sent me the lyric video of. Thunder Road. I listened to it for the first time, just sitting alone in my bedroom, just kind of letting it kind of wash over me or whatever. And I already those red flags were going up when I was hearing the lyrics of just like what, like it, it, it causes a cognitive dissonance almost. The, yeah. the nature of the lyrics versus the confidence and carefree tone of the way he sings them. Um, and so I was like, I can't just listen to this. I got to get the lyrics out and, and see what's up with that. And then, so I didn't listen to it again this time. I just looked at the lyrics without the music and 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 close did a close reading um which is like a english term and that's well what what's kind of interesting right is that's part of the problem with born in the usa is people hear the anthem and they go oh this must be a pro-america song you know because he's proud he's born in the usa um and and there have been people discussed that you know bruce made a choice that he could and there was originally a very blues kind of version of born in the usa that would have been more apparent that this is a talking about vietnam vets but um he chose that for whatever reason and i think it's beautiful that you talked about if you just listen to the melody of thunder road and the way he sings it right versus taking the lyrics themselves and looking at it uh it's great and as i told you on twitter i now want you to come once a month and just break down every uh, a bruce song <laughs> i just want a guest I mean, yeah, visit sure. of just because i just think this is great um, if your listeners want it i'm happy to oblige all right um so tell us again um plug the podcast plug how to reach you uh, go for it Sure. Um, so on Twitter, I myself uh, am at Bex Goose. I tell people who are above the age of 18 that Bex rhymes with sex. It makes it easy to spell B-E-X-G-O-O-S. Don't put an E at the end of my name. B-E-X-G-O-O-S. Um, and that's where you'll find Potato Lady podcast reviews um, and occasionally just me tweeting out random nonsense. Um, so if you want to find your next favorite podcast besides this one, um, you can certainly um, scroll through my profile to find some reviews. If you'd like to find the podcast, again, it's not again, 
Hmm. I'm going to say that again. It's not again, really. The podcast is titled Not Again with an exclamation point. Again, the the logo is two remotes covered in popcorn and cereal. And we update every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. And we have a Twitter account for that podcast. It is at Not Again Pod. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. We are on Apple, Spotify, and technically YouTube, although I think you'd have to dig pretty deep to find us on YouTube, but some people like podcasts there. So yeah, that's where you can find us. And from there, you can find your Patreon page and you can share. Um, Please, please um, check out her podcast, then go to iTunes, uh, like uh, like it, give it a five-star rating. Um, it, it truly is how people find podcasts. And so I think it's great that you do that. Um, Bex, this was so much fun. I hope you had a good time. I did. This was my first ever guest spot and I, I just had a blast. I'm actually full disclosure. I'm doing one with Bob tomorrow. Um, yes. you both reached out to me and I was like, sure, why not? Let's try this, you know? Yeah. Um, I know he, he was a little grumpy, like, damn it, you you beat me to like, well, it just worked out on our <laughs> schedule. So um, I just hope you and your family um, continue to be safe. Oh, yes, um, I know this is this is a scary time. Um, and so continued success. Um, by the time this comes out, it will be past the holiday season. But for now, uh, I hope you have a great holiday season. I hope it was a wonderful Hanukkah for yes, you. Thank and you. so I appreciate it. Listeners, you please be safe. Um, think of Thunder Road in a new way. Uh, remember to social distance. Wash your hands. As Bruce says, wear an effing mask. And let's all be good to each other because God knows we need to. And for now, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. This podcast would not be possible without the love and support of my listeners and specifically my patrons. Thank you very much to Levi Petrie, Elizabeth Bronson, Stephen Malio, Holly Mack, Steve Rogers, Dale Hosick, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, and Mary Thomas. Thank you all for your support. It is greatly appreciated. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.